0: This episode is sponsored by Aura. Every once in a while, a product comes along that changes everything. And that product
1: is Aura. Aura is an easy to use app that includes everything families need to protect their identities, money, passwords, devices, and more. It's really easy to set up and has everything you need. So you don't have to download seven separate apps to get things like parental controls, antivirus, ID theft, and transaction monitoring and more. You get everything at one affordable price. What makes Aura different, you say? It's simple to set up. It protects against today's
0: and tomorrow's threats and with parental controls to let your kids explore the internet safely, filter harmful sites, apps, and manage screen time easily. Online safety for today's digital safety. It's tech that grows with you
1: and your family. Browse safely, Surf smartly, Aura comes packed with all the tools you need to protect you and your family from the online threats you can't see. Our listeners will get a 14-day free trial of Aura for individuals, couples,
0: or their family by going to Aura.com potential. That's Aura spelled A-U-R-A dot com slash, potential.
1: Once again, get your first 14-day free trial of Aura by going to Aura.com potential. Protect what's important. Proactive protection for your assets, identity, family, and tech across every device. And remember, know your potential.
0: (laughs) Potential
1: Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more... This is Potential Picks.
0: Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. Here we are, it's a new year, and uh, we're hitting up some reviews that we wanted to get to the tail end of 2023, and a big one that was, uh, you know, coming out, and we are looking forward to the first of two chapters. Today we're reviewing Rebel Moon, Part 1, A Child of Fire. I'm, of course, your host, Chris Stewart, joined by my co-host and fellow Rebel, Taylor Sokol. This is a screenplay by Zack Snyder, Kurt Johnstad, and Shay Hatton, and directed by Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, very much a director that people either really love or they really hate. <laughs> uh, there's <laughs> See, usually like right. two camps. Now, I mean, every director has good and bad movies. It happens. I would say for the most part, I've enjoyed a lot of Zack Snyder's work. Uh, some things haven't clicked with me, but... You yeah, know, the man is a very visual director, and of course he's notorious for his slow-mo, which we will definitely talk about again with this film. But this was his big sci-fi epic that he originally pitched to be a Star Wars movie. Uh, Lucasfilm did not accept the project. So then Netflix bought it up and
1: Yeah, he wanted an R rated Star Wars film. So I, I wonder why. <laughs> but you see,
0: to me, even that, I'm like it's I'm like so over this camp of of Disney Lucasfilm. Like, get over yourself already. People want rated R content. I know they're going to test the waters with Deadpool 3 being, you know, an actual rated R MCU movie, but like there is such an audience out there that is now like our age that grew up with Disney films and are looking for that. Like, I want a darker Star Wars. So, with that being said, we will be doing some uh, spoiler talk today. Spoiler warning. There's your warning. So, yes, this is a two part film, and uh, we're talking about part one. Second part will come out uh, later in April of this year. So, Taylor, what's a brief synopsis of Rebel Moon Part One, A Child of Fire?
1: So, when a colony on the edge of the galaxy finds itself threatened by the armies of the tyrannical Regent Belisarius, Mother World, they dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past to seek out warriors. From neighboring planets to help them take a stand so yeah uh, knowing kind of what we're getting into I, I i agree with you i'm kind of in the camp of i like a, a little i like a good majority of zack snyder i'm not like all or nothing um but i do agree there's some directors who you're going to like all of the work there's going to be some stinkers but then there are directors where they have a very unique style that when you watch that it's like Okay, Snyder and slow mo. It's going to be um, Nolan and his very loud music. Uh, so there is definitely this kind of thing. But um, you know, right off the bat, um, what I really liked about this film was kind of the the lighting and the tones and kind of the setting. You know, what it kind of remind me of is kind of like a lot of the '80s B sci-fi film sets, like during the '80s and the late '70s. Like it kind of gave me. Um, a little bit of Blade Runner, a little bit of original dune uh kind of vibe, so I kind of I did like the the color palettes and kind of you know that kind of style of what they were doing throughout the film.
0: yeah, he said that he he took inspiration from like Kona the Barbarian, um and like, yeah, that time era, and that's definitely a very much uh throughout the film um I gotta say, I was very torn watching this film. I've only watched it the one time. Um, and I'm still going to watch part two, but it almost felt like a lot of the movie was a setup movie with not the greatest payoff, and perhaps perhaps that part two is then the payoff. It's always, ha- always kind of hard when they split a movie up into two parts, is sometimes the setup movie is just that. There's, you know, action, and there's stuff that happens, but really it's not like, it doesn't really have a place where you're like, oh, now I know where they're going for part two. But there's also been all this talk too. He's already come out saying like, actually the cut that's out on Netflix isn't actually the true movie because they actually released, the, the release cut is a PG-13 film. There is a rated R director's cut that he hopes to release at some point that Which is longer. Is probably like three hours or
1: something like that.
0: You know, Yeah, it'll be longer. I'm sure it'll have more violence and gore and sex and stuff and it's just like if that was the point the whole time was you wanted to make a radar star wars why didn't you just release the the director's cut yeah makes no sense you know why they would do it that way cuz i will tell you the first like 25 minutes of this movie i was like oh this is just borrowing inglorious bastards meets a bug's life <laughs> in space yeah and i i started to get the vibe i was like there's nothing original about this well, apart I, from the names
1: and if you and look the, at
0: like, yeah. The factions you know
1: yeah and there's an argument to be said about everything there's nothing really original um out there i mean star wars everything's everything's been
0: borrowed at some point star is
1: borrowed from arthurian legends kurosawa films um you know even like the the imperials were like kind of like the nazis and you know clearly the mother world you know these armies it's like okay you know clearly they're dressed very much like you know you see uh ed skiren's screens uh how do you say his last name ed screen
0: i think it's screen yeah Ed's great. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does the Nazi.
1: Oh yeah. It's like, that was pretty, pretty obvious. He's coming off your ship. So yeah, I do agree. It wasn't nothing was my issue with the film that really I take points away from is, yeah, this is kind of the setup film, but every film that's a setup film that I've seen that I've enjoyed, they do better job with the characters. It was like, okay, so we got to get the crew together but each character we get, it's like, okay, there's not, I want more of the backstory. Like there's no one really like, you know, and then a lot of these scenes where I'm like, okay, you got this person, but then they each have their moments. Like their are a little mission. Like you're playing a video game. I'm like, Oh, we got to pick up this guy. He's, he's uh, been indentured servitude. If he can break this animal and, you know, basically as a horse, he can leave, you know, each one has their moment, but then that's it. And we don't really know. There's not, no one really interacts. Everyone just kind of stands and waits for their moment. You know, <laughs> for an
0: ensemble. Film. Yeah, it, it it does it does feel. I mean, he's had very much video game style movies in the past. It does feel like that. It's like, oh, okay, this character played by Sofia Butella, chorus, is our, our main character, used to be a part of the Mother World, eventually escaped, and hid on this you know farming planet. And when the Mother World people show up, and it's like, hey. We want to get your grain because you're supposed to have you know a, a huge abundance of it and uh, alright we'll come back in uh, you know 10 weeks and uh, you better have it we're going to leave some people here just in case very much a bug's life then it's like oh she actually can fight and then now it's like I'm going to go get some other rebels so that we can you know take on the mother world I'm like you grabbed five they have, they have armies upon armies I mean yes it's very much one of those movies where it's like okay these six warriors can do more than, like, the average people. But they are, like, <laughs> I'm always like, how are six people taking on, like, all these people, you know? And it's true. They all kind of have their cool thing they do, but not all of them necessarily serve that purpose for the rest of the film when it came to fighting. Like, I'd say the most cool one was the uh, the chick who has, like, the the lightsabers that are, you know, flame swords, I guess. I mean, that whole scene, she, you know, she's introduced fighting this giant spider chick who is uh, <laughs> much her face from Hunger Games. Yeah. And uh, the, the weird thing for that whole scene, I was like, okay, this is a cool action scene. But the rest of the crew were just standing there watching. Like, yeah. they took no no initiative. It's like, oh, this spider's trying to, this spider queen is trying to eat this child. And this this girl is, you know, gonna hunt and kill this spider. But then it's like, they're just watching. They're just like, oh, interesting. And I'm like, aren't you going to help out? Like, is is this supposed to be like a test? You know? And and I think that's the thing with Zack Snyder. I think overall is, I think he's a good director and he knows how to do visual stuff very well. And actually, although that's still the overuse of slow-mo, a lot of the fight scenes are fun to watch. It is gripping. It's thrilling. You know, overall, this is a good looking film. But, like, I can't say that, like, the writing is a strong suit when it comes to his stories. Um, I'd say my favorite character actually was the bad guy. I liked Ed Screen's characters the most. Um, You know, this kind of tightly wound, you know, kind of very aggressive bad guy. But then they also do this weird thing at the end where, you know, first off, we have Charlie Hunnam, who is, you know, very kind of Han Solo type yeah, <laughs> mercenary who, you know... Then we find out actually was working for the bad guys. He actually tricked them, uh, but he gets his due. But, but, but we have this that, big epic fight.
1: That twist, by go the ahead, way, that, that twist, by the way, it didn't really like hit me. hard. It was kind because, of weird like, Cause you don't really use no. the thing is like, when you have someone like his character, it hits harder when you care about that character. But like, he doesn't really do much leading up to that. Like you kind of almost like if anyone's going to portray him, it's going to be this guy because he's obviously in it for the money.
0: But it was also like, they're like, oh, we, we're we going to go uh, take a stand. And he's like, well, first, can we go drop off this cargo? <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, so we have to go do the side quest first? Yeah. <laughs> um, and even like uh, G-Mon Hansu, who we love, you know, is this former general. And he's all, you know, basically enslaved on this one planet. And he's all dirty. And it's like, I don't want to fight anymore. Leave me alone. But you were the general. Like, don't you want revenge? And he's like, revenge i never thought about that before it's like you've never once thought of revenge like it <laughs> and then okay yeah big giant battle on this kind of like i don't know what he was called like a like a best bespin it's like, like best a space ben. barge
1: it's like the little best ben yeah it looks like bin. yeah yeah
0: and you know cora gets to fight this bad guy and she does beat the shit out of him really and then she does get the upper hand you think he's dead but then they do this whole ending where it's like almost like the matrix in a way where the the bad guys put him, like, in this tube and it's got all these wires attached to him. And then, like, it's like as if his consciousness goes into this other plane, then we see the real bad guy who is, you know, the the tyrant who controls this whole mother world, Balisarius, who's actually Cora's adoptive father. yeah, And whoa. he's like, you know, you need to bring me the girl, take down the girl. And if you don't do that, then the screams that'll go through the hall are going to be yours. And then the last shot of the movie is like Atticus, like waking up as if he's like been in this like dream state and he's like screaming at the screen and then the black sound. And I was like, okay. So that was kind of Matrix meets Frankenstein meets yeah some other, you know, obviously there's powers in this world that we, we don't understand. And the other thing, too, that that bothered me a little bit was we have this robot named Jimmy, who actually, fun fact, is uh, the body double who actually did all the the acting work that's not CGI, is my friend Dustin, who Mm. uh, is really cool. Um, He was the robot, uh, the droid, I should say, in the Kenobi series, and uh, I've seen him post a lot about this. So Anthony Hopkins' voice is Jimmy, but we have this robot who ends up like, kind of defecting from the mother world army and is starting to kind of be on this path of self reflection and kind of finding his own sense but he's not in the movie for like a good chunk he's like in the beginning of the movie and at one point he does like I thought he was going to be along with the the journey like a rebel with the journey would he sense. stays on this farm planet and by the end of the movie he has this whole like deer antler like yeah, like he's a wendigo on. or
1: something like he's become leader of the and I'm like
0: and it's like him looking up at the planet and I was like what what the hell was the point of that? Like, obviously, it'll be explained, I'm sure, in part two. But I was like, we left a whole chunk of his story out of the movie. So, like, I just, you know, visually stunning. It was definitely... At first, when I saw the trailers, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be so bummed I can't see this in theaters. It very much was a Netflix watch. It's like another <laughs> yeah. Netflix film. Yes, and I'm I'll be glad to see part two on Netflix. I don't need to go see this in the theaters. I did watch it over like two days. Maybe I'd have a little better opinion if I watched it all in one go. But it was all right. It right. Wasn't the, like anything.
1: I, I did this. I, I broke in two parts. Yeah. yeah, I. It's definitely not something to write home about. And like I said, I I love some, Zach Snyder's work. But this one, great, you're at great visuals, interesting concept, but just very kind of hollow in terms of emotion and, 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 and dialogue and whatnot. So it kind of, you know, it's kind of one of those, again, those stories that you've kind of seen before. So it's not like, is this something that's totally different? Will we be interested to see what they do with part two? Yes, I'll I'll definitely be. But for me, I I definitely, you know, it's definitely what didn't wow me as as much as I hoped. It's also
0: interesting to read here that this is planned as a two part film, but I'm also reading stuff that like, there's potentially a third film and maybe even a fourth film that, you know, like I think he came up with this whole rebel moon world, but there's a lot more that he wants to do with it. So you know at the end of the day the first movie did have millions of hours of viewed material you know I still think people are interested because there's there's you know we get these streaming movies just direct to streaming movies and some are the more like lower budget or like you know so-so this is a big budget sci-fi epic so like there is going to be an audience for it I'll be interested to see what part 2 will bring uh, they released a trailer uh, which I also laughed when they released the trailer because I was like well they show like Ed screen like in the movie, like in the trailer. So it's like, if you, you know, whether you knew he died or not, it's like, oh, he's back. <laughs> so like, yeah. you know, it's just Spoiler. kind of interesting. They're like, well, <laughs> we spent one the- already. Watch part one, but I'm gonna give Rebel Moon part one a Child of Fire. It's gonna be like a, I'll give it seven out of ten. Yeah, that's a little generous.
1: I know. I was going to say I'm going to give it a seven out of ten as well. Um, you know, if you are a Zack Snyder diehard, this will be a film for you. If you're a little bit more cut above the cloth of your average reviewer like us, yeah. But uh, you can check out Rebel Moon Part One streaming exclusively on Netflix. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast.